Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, the life and times of the Golden Kid. But was Diego Maradona murdered? He's considered one of the greatest football players in history. Diego Armando Maradona. But when Diego Maradona died at the age of 60 on the 25th of November 2020, his cause of death, a heart attack weeks after brain surgery, left many who knew the World Cup winner well wondering if there was more to the story. And his fans and peers the world over were distraught but united in their celebration of this footballing icon. He was head and shoulders the best player of my generation. As soon as he gets the ball, whoever's closest, you, you get to him. So it was, it was a difficult one, but uh, whatever we tried, it didn't work. Now, eight people who were charged with the care of the Argentinian football superstar are to be tried for homicide. From doctors to a psychologist, Eight people who are looking after the Argentinian forwards are accused of negligent homicide towards the football star who was recovering from surgery. So just what are the suspicions surrounding Maradona's death? I'm Siobhan Maguire and joining me today to talk about the footballing icon and the many questions surrounding his death is Deputy Group Head of Sport at Media House Ireland, Aidan O'Hara. Eight medical personnel are to stand trial accused of criminal negligence in the death of Diego Maradona. A judge has ordered a culpable homicide trial after a medical panel found Maradona's treatment was rife with deficiencies and irregularities. Maradona died in November 2020 of a heart attack, aged 60. All eight have denied responsibility for his death. Aidan, the crime of simple homicide in Argentina carries a prison sentence of anything from 8 to 25 years. And while we've no set date for this trial, it is being taken very seriously. What do we know? It isn't taken very seriously. I mean, like I think whenever Maradona died um, back in November 2020, he'd had, he'd had such a hard life in terms of... Uh, what he'd put into his body, how much his body had to endure, that I think there was an assumption that, like, even though he died at the <clears throat> relatively young age of 60, that I think there was an assumption that, you know, that all those factors contributed to it. And it's it's hard to say that it was a shock to hear that that he had died in the sense of, because he'd had so many uh, health issues, addiction issues and such like. ...side had been brewing 
and reported drug problems from earlier in his career came back to haunt him when a 15-month ban for testing positive for cocaine was handed down in 1991. So when he died, there was, I guess, an assumption that that had all taken its toll. He died two weeks after undergoing a brain uh, brain operation. And the autopsy said that he died of natural causes. But there was a couple of things that people feel didn't add up. The fact that he was allowed to um, leave the hospital very soon after the, such, a, such an operation. And that sort of seemed to set a few red flags. And like any, like any family, um, whether famous or not, who feel that a loved one died unnecessarily, Maradona's family seemed, you know, wanted an investigation into into why he he died. Going back to just just last month, then a, a judge ruled that there was eight medical personnel involved in his care who'll face a public trial for <clears throat> for criminal negligence and stand trial for homicide. And Aidan, I mean, 60, 60 is a young age. You know, he was it was a young man when he passed. And the people at the heart of this particular trial, these these are medical personnel charged with Maradona's care at the time. Correct, yeah. Um, one of the main issues of dispute appears to be why he was allowed to leave. Now, he's obviously, as, as a 60-year-old man, he's obviously capable of, of demanding to leave uh, uh, under his own volition. There are claims and counterclaims. One claim is that he, he, you know, he wasn't uh, mentally fit to be able to to say that he wanted to leave and that doctors should have, they should have kept him in the hospital. Brain surgeon um, Leopoldo Luque and the psychiatrist Agostina Koshikov, they're among the two of eight who are going to stand trial. Um, they're accused of failing to take proper care for him when he was, when he, or of him rather, when he was recovering from surgery. He died outside the house in Buenos Aires um, from surgery after he had blood clot and brain and a heart attack two weeks later. Now, the, again, the autopsy, as I said, said he died of natural causes, but there seems to be as I said, a lot of dispute um, about it, that there have been a medical panel set up in April in 2021 and they said that he received inadequate medical care while he was while he was away from the hospital in his, in his home care. Um, it was a 70-page document and one of the, one of the quotes was is that he started to die at least 12 hours before the moment that he was found dead. So there are, as I said, there are people, um, there seems to be, there's another phrase, deficiencies and irregularities in the treatment. So like a lot of these things, particularly as I said with famous people, there are a lot of claims and counterclaims. The Luque himself has said he, he did his best. Um, he, he offered them things, some things he accepted, others he didn't. Just says he did his best and... They're all denying the charges. They all say they, they all say they did what they could. One of their lawyers has said that they're that people are just desperate to find the scapegoat by any like by any means necessary. It's not expected to begin until the end of 2023 or early 2024, according to reports last month. So, I mean, when it does, it's one of those things that's kind of I think has kind of slipped under the radar a little bit, as I said, possibly because of you know the, the hard life, the hard living that he that he did when he was alive. That um, people kind of expected, you know, it wasn't a big shock. But at the same time, as I said, the family, the family wants, they want answers um, to certain questions of things that don't seem to add up in their opinion. And tell me, Aidan, I mean, the, the, the question that's kind of arising out of all of this is, was Maradona murdered? I mean, are there people out there who wanted him dead? Well, I mean, it's, it's a very difficult question to answer. It, 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 I don't know. <laughs> he was a popular guy, wasn't he? 
Oh, he was. I mean, look, he was he was absolutely he was adored in in, in a way that you know even someone like Pele would be a peer, and mm. they would, you know people admire Pele and 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 you know love Pele and it thought you know fantastic player. But there was there was a flawlessness about Pele, whereas there was a flawed genius element about Maradona for all his things. And I think and I think that's what made him so relatable to so many people, um, because obviously nobody's perfect, and but he. He made very little, or seemed to make relatively little effort to hide those imperfections while mixing in the genius of what he could do on a football pitch. So, I mean, whether whether someone whether someone wants him dead or not, I, I don't know. But it's uh, the, the 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 claim certainly is that is that more could have been done to keep him alive. Let's talk all things Maradona then, Aidan. And you don't need to be a football fan to know of him or have an appreciation for him as an incredible player. Can we start at the beginning? Where did he grow up and what was life like for him in Argentina? He grew up, he grew up in, uh, in Buenos Aires. Um, I think it was a place called Rosario. But he was... Um, like there's there's a film from Asif Kapaida documentary released in 2019 that unearthed um hours of of footage from him as a young young child playing and the the ability of him on, on the ball even at that age is phenomenal. I mean it's one of those things that, you know, if he was around today or in the last ten years, he would have been a YouTube sensation from the age of five, you know, five, six. Um but like he like I mean he had he had a relatively tough upbringing and you know, made his way, but to, to the point to be able to have the ability to make his debut as a professional footballer at 15, which is a phenomenal um, thing at any stage, let alone an era when people, you know, for a player of his size, you know, they would be kicked mercilessly around the, the pitch and he was able to withstand that. I mean, he made his debut then for Argentina as a 16-year-old in 1977. Which is so young, isn't it, Aidan? It's incredibly young, yeah. And like when you consider that Argentina won the World Cup in 1978, now he wasn't in the, he wasn't in the squad, but he was he had the ability to make his debut as a 16-year-old for a country that would win the World Cup a year later, um, which gives you an idea of just how much how much talent he had. I mean, it, he's he is best known, obviously, for his his time with Argentina. This again is in an era before Champions League, before kind of blanket coverage of of matches from all over the world. So, you know, he was seen around the world at World Cups, be it you know in, in 1982, um, like he played Italy, and a, a man called Claudio Gentile fouled him 23 times in one game. Which you know, when you consider a game last 90 minutes, it's quite an achievement to foul somebody yeah. 23 times. So that's the kind of targeting that happened in those in that era. And I think again from that documentary, that's something that you see is very clear from that era as opposed to this era where there was so little protection for players like him and so consequently you know there was there was lots of cortisone and other painkillers involved in tr- just trying to get him out of the pitch and you know that fed into in, into different um into addictions and into 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 issues around you know off the field but I, I think look I think I think there was there was a an element of certainly indulgence of him as his genius as a lot of geniuses are, are indulged but I think there is also a recognition now that a lot of the things that took place on the field in terms of the lack of protection that he would have received not just him player skillful Pele at the same back in his time there was a recognition that that would have played into the issues that he may have had off the field because he went through so much physically on the field 
And, you know, you mentioned that he was so young when he first started showing off his footballing skills, Aidan. Um, I, I remember reading something where uh, supposedly uh, when he was as young as 10, he was he was playing uh, like an adult man. His football was just so good. Like he, he seemed to have a, a player's a, a professional player's brain at a young age. He could see things. Well, because as I said, like, I mean, you don't. You don't play as a professional at 15 <clears throat> just because, you know, there's, just because somebody likes you. You have to have an ability. If you're playing as a 15-year-old, you're taking the place of somebody else on that team, as a professional player on that team. And those sort of decisions aren't made aren't made lightly. So, you know, it's not as if you're kind of, you know, plucked out of a crowd or anything like that. Like, I mean, his, his ability to to go past players, he had a low centre of gravity, he could bring players into the game, he could score goals. He could do he could do anything from a very, very young age. And I think that push, you know, has shown a limelight on him, which you only kind of appreciate just how many eyeballs were on him. And, you know, okay, there's no camera phones or those kind of things around, but the 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 pressure on him from such a young age to deliver and deliver for his family and bring them, you know, into a better life and all those things that he that he carried with him from such a young age certainly carried an enormous pressure um on him that, you know, he, he never he was never out of the spotlight, you know, from the age of probably seven until he died, age sixty, you know, he was never really very far from the limelight. Able to control the play in midfield the way that Maradona has been able to do. The thing about Maradona for so many of us was that you you couldn't not watch him. If you knew Argentina were playing in a World Cup, Aiden, uh, whoever you were supporting, you were glued to to see Maradona and see what he did best. Um, I mean, I remember as kids, so many of us owned an Argentinian number 10 jersey alongside an Irish one. He was that big. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the thing that speaks to like a, a global the, the the global game of, of football where you know and this is again you're going back to 1986 where you know you weren't watching there, there weren't lots of matches on by comparison to now so whenever the World Cup did come around there was an element of there was an element of mystery around around players like Maradona even like Maradona was you know was the greatest player in the world at that time. But if you were, you know, an Irish, an Irish football fan or an English football fan based in England, whatever, you didn't necessarily see Spanish football. And he was, you know, he was playing for Barcelona. You might have seen a European game, but you wouldn't have seen Barcelona week in, week out in the way you, you would have done with Messi now. So whenever someone like that it, it comes onto a world stage, as he did in 1986, you know, the the two goals against England, the the pass in the in the World Cup final, the goal against Belgium, like there was, there were things that people. You know, a lot of the times people are kind of hyped and when there's a mystery to them and then people see them and they're a little bit disappointed. Whereas Maradona actually, you know, he, he went above and beyond what people thought he was capable of, you know, for, for good and for bad against England, obviously. And, you know, he just dragged his team in, in 86, in 86 to that, to that victory and... I, I think that was the thing. As I said, people, there was the, the flawed genius element of them with, with the handball and the cunning and all that kind of stuff around that goal.
And obviously, from an Irish perspective, the fact that it came from England as well wouldn't have bothered you know too many too many people. But <laughs> um, but then, like I mean, you, you look at I mean the the line in, in the in the Barry Davis commentary on the on BBC was you have to say that's magnificent. You know, this was somebody who you know a few minutes earlier had you know performed one of the greatest acts of cheating. If you you know that's if you want to put it bluntly on that. Maradona picks a way through where there seemed to be none. And then followed it up with, you know, one of the greatest acts of genius on the same pitch at the same end. That really, that summed them up, summed up why people loved the man. In some cases, some white people hated him as well, because, you know, anyone who was English obviously would have disliked him for the handball. Um, but, you know, you couldn't, as you said, like, it summed up why you had to watch him. Yeah, I, I remember that incident well and a very angry Bobby Robson afterwards um, talking about that that hand of God scenario. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen the television. All I can go on is what I felt I saw, which was the ball in the air with Maradona going for it, with Shilton, Shilton being favourite, and, and Maradona handled the ball into the goal, didn't he? Didn't he? But also in, in years to follow, um, Gary Lineker, who would have been on the pitch at the time, Aidan, telling the story that he was just, you know, watching Maradona be Maradona. And when the goal was scored, you know, he felt compelled to almost clap and then remembered where he was and who he was playing for. And that was absolutely something you would not do. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Professional footballers are, you know, by, by 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 the nature of what they have to do are like the elite of the elite Gary Lineker is you know one of the greatest strikers that England ever produced to get to the level that Gary Lineker got to is tiny percentages of tiny percentages and then there are those who for even people like him who look at in awe you know and Maradona is one of those Messi is one of those Ronaldo these these iconic players um, that for even 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 great players look at them and can't fathom how they do some of the things that they do um, and that's that's you know leaving aside the you know the, the millions of people watching on on TV or in the stadium who it's so far beyond their comprehension. But even for elite even for elite players like Lineker on that pitch, you know, and I think Lineker spoke as well on the actual pitch that it was bobbly and it was a dreadful pitch that he was playing on, and yet he managed to control the ball and run through the English team from the halfway line. Um, just it's it's the the element of, of genius to him. Lineker would have known him from from the time of Barcelona, and you know they they would have would have had quite a good relationship. And he think I think Lineker would have been one of the more forgiving players from that English team. Um, obviously because it's because of his relationship with Maradona. But you know the, the the genius element to it and the flaws. Again, I think that's what less like does it say Ronaldo for example like there's a, there's an element of perfection with Ronaldo there's mm. the six pack and there's the perfectly coiffed hair and there's all this sort of stuff you know Maradona didn't have that you know what I mean yeah, so yeah. It, as I said it was the, the flawed the flawed side of him and I think that's what across all sports I think that that element it's like George Best you know there's when when people have flaws they tend to be you know loved as well as admired for their ability and I think that's the category he really fell into. Just something about Maradona, no matter what 
trouble he may have found himself in in his later life or how he, his health was, he just had that adulation that would never go. And I just think that's unique to him, not just the greatest footballers in the world we've ever seen. I just think there was something unique about the way he was as a man and as a person that really connected with the people of his of his homeland. And I think that's why, you know, this people people want to know for sure um, how and why he died. You know, I think that's I think that's what's I think that's what's you know fanning the flames if you like of this because you know he was such an icon throughout the world, but particularly in Argentina, obviously that people really want to know what happened. And my thanks there to Aidan O'Hara, Deputy Group Head of Sport at Media House Ireland. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today's episode was produced by myself, researched by Garrett Mulhall, recording by Gav Hennessy with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from FIFA, BT Sport, Channel 4, The Guardian, France 24, RTE Sports, ITV, ESPN and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.